on this week's episode of Homo Superior. So I have a question. Yeah. Are plasma bombs a real thing? Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where this cow does get vaporized. Issue 260. I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, uh, X-Men the Animated Series wrapped part two of Till Death Do Us Part. Stay tuned for next week for part three, When Death Parts Again. <laughs> Axe Judgment Day has fully wrapped, and Beast is still the world's biggest piece of garbage in this week's issues. Plus, we find out some more about Orcus's wacky graveyard plans. Now, as always, we've got some, you know, plugs to shove down your core, your fucking whore ears. Uh, I don't know why I had to swear with that, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Why are my ears a little a excessive? Whore? Yeah, but you know, I was gonna uh, let you go with it. All right, but first, some housekeeping. All right, so next week, check out our Creator Crush interview with the one and only Josh Trujillo, writer of Blue Beetle Graduation Day. Hulk, Hulkling and Wiccan. You know, I have a hard time saying Hulkling. Hulkling, yeah. Hulkling. I like. I screwed it up so many times in the interview too. It's Hulking, Hulk. but it's Hulkling. Hulkling. I kept saying Hulking. It He's does. just like a big dude is Hulking. Hulking, yeah. Hulkling definitely doesn't roll feel, off. The it feels like you're swallowing a golf ball while you say it. Hulkling. I'd like to swallow his golf balls. Hulkling and Wiccan uh, and Pool Boys uh, is coming out this coming Monday. Uh, November 14th, uh, it's Adam and me who got to interview Josh for the guest appearance by that bitch, Tango. Was there anything? Uh, it's Adam's dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally a, a bitch. Uh, they didn't dance <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything uh, in particular about it that you think is like a uh, good fun discussion point or fun interaction you had? Uh, I think he was just absolutely delightful. Um, you know, he's got such a wide variety of work, uh, from Marvel, Hulkling and Wiccan in uh, the United States of Captain America, but also DC stuff, including Blue Beetle, some really cool indie stuff. Um, he's got great opinions about, um, you know, where he wants to see queerness uh, in the comic industry. And he started just playing Marvel Snap. So, Brent, why don't you get on that bandwagon? I'm not going to get on it. Get I on the goddamn bandwagon. I don't want to play. Adam just got on pool three based on the text message he just sent Kaylin tonight. Uh, yeah. Brent, uh, while he can't me, come yeah, to this podcast, Adam's not recording this podcast because he's playing fucking Marvel Snap. That's oh how addicted he is. To he this. said he said his dog was exploding or something, and I don't know what I what to believe. Well, anymore. that's Cosmo, which is one of the cards you can <laughs> oh, okay. play. What if, yeah. what if Adam was like actually had just developed a real like we got to be sad about it addiction to the game <laughs> <laughs> that was like preventing him from going to work, and he just makes up lies about his dog. Uh, he doesn't even have a dog. Yeah. Have, has anybody actually seen this tank? It uh, actually was Adam barking on that podcast. Yeah, Adam, like, and he had Andrew barking okay, in the background yeah, yeah. when we he was talking. We have to take him to rehab, and they're like, oh, he's got a case of the snaps. Oh, boy. <laughs> the snaps, crackles, and pops. All right, well, you can check out that episode uh, this coming Monday. Uh, uh, everywhere you find a regular podcast, it's going to be great. All right, let's get into MCU Next TV, which is our weekly segment focused on the latest and greatest of the MCU Disney Plus TV shows you know, we sometimes digest things in entire seasons, not for a while. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can't wait to talk about this stuff. And we're. I can't wait to talk about this. Sorry, this is my Ryan Crawl since he's I not can't here. Wait! Uh, obviously, we are talking about uh, a show that has been off the air for three decades X Men, the animated series. Uh, we're on season two, episode two. We're kind of building up in preparation for when X Men 97 comes out. 
um, in uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so, uh, a season two, episode two, till death do us part, part two of two. <laughs> Mr. Sinister, uh, Mr. Sinister's hold on Morph has been revealed to be through the power of putting a bug inside his brain. The X Men run around dealing with the fallout from Morph's confusing but never deadly actions. And Magneto and Charles meet on the side of a mountain when an avalanche is triggered and hopefully kills them. Um, first, I want to start with them uh, almost being killed on the side of a mountain because of an avalanche. Did you guys like the 70s, 80s style buddy cop jump away from the explosion look of Xavier in the square uh, floating orange rec- yellow rectangle and Magneto diving off like he can't fly? Oh, it's great. It's very Butch. Uh, uh, what Sunday? Wait. Butch, Butch Cassidy, Cassidy is Sundance, Sundance kid, yeah. Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy, yeah. yeah. Skateboarding star in the 70s. Butch Cassidy was? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Sounds, sounds like, like a, a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Clark, what did you think of that? That, that, that jump that, off? Well, not just the jump off, but the, hey, we're going to kill Magneto and Charles right now, but not really. Well, the, well, I mean, kind of the fact that I know it happens has is already shrouding my opinion on that point yeah pretend like you didn't know about. i it. don't know how <laughs> to do that i just know that i loved in those days where it's like avalanches will kill you all the time quicksand will kill you all the time children yeah. you're, you're gonna never gonna get away from them that was the number one cause of death Quicks- in the <laughs> 90s whirlpools were always pretty scary whirlpool like yeah. as in like, like hot tubs we, well you got it because you got to oh. change up the environment no like the the washing machines okay <laughs> <laughs> You gotta change up the environment, and they're like, "What? What's the ground equivalent of a uh, you know being sucked under? It's quicksand. Yeah. The water equivalent, whirlpools, snakes, whatever." Uh, so the only person that can make Wolverine laugh is Morph. Um, what the fuck is up with that? Why did they make such a strong connection with Wolverine? Wolverine, everything he does is nonsense. He loves impersonations i mean that's his form of humor <laughs> it's like knock knock jokes and impersonations and morph is great at both he doesn't like um just the failure that jubilee is i mean he do you i'd like to laugh i would like to if i was a, she's a real person i would laugh at her not with her i mean that was a good a genuinely good fake out yeah that morph turns into wolverine and they're fighting each other a la spider-man pointing at himself mm-hmm. and morph you know, it's like shoot us both so that <laughs> you take down the real, the evil Wolverine. And Jubilee immediately shoots the wrong, the the right, the actual real Wolverine. And Morph's like, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the other one. You dumb bitch, just shoot them and both. And he's like, it happens. Yeah, he's very forgiving. I thought that was the right choice. And he's like, well, that just shows you. I know. And if it, if Cyclops had done that, he would have like killed him he would have like given him another convertible and by that i mean decapitating him uh speaking of humor though it's when scott and gene are allegedly on their honeymoon they're on the boat (laughs) and then there's the guy who's one of the nasty boys (laughs) yes just just like jumping from rock to rock and i'm like and they're like hi hey hey i gotta say something over here hey i got hey hey guys my favorite part was after they had crashed and you see him in the background hopping back yeah Yeah. like just a tiny little ant in the background so stupid hey guys i have a message for you hey guys and then he scott has to go yeah okay give us the message you could have shouted it the entire time but go ahead and tell us now the message is whoosh So I I don't think I've seen most of those characters. The nasty boys, those, yeah. Those nasty boys before. They only showed up right during this era in Peter David's um, X Factor. Right. Maybe in five issues at the time, just in one story arc with uh, Mr. Sinister. 
and they're just bizarre characters. They they're characters that seem more palatable than the ones that actually murdered a lot of homeless people, basically, if you're going to call oh, the like Morlocks the that. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really use those things if they're just straight-up serial killers. Yeah. I love the queer vibes that they bring to this. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Like, all of them like look gorgeous. like they're going to, like the same very modern wedding. <laughs> it's like, how do you know Hairbag's name? Yeah, they're all very multicultural too. They're like, they're all have like the most extreme accents ever. It's like, that one's really Australian. Yeah. yeah. That one's really South African. And then Ju- uh, Rogue shows up and she's like the most Southern thing. It's like 18 different extreme accents attack each other at once. Sinister's like, Sinister's like I, the reason why I captured you both is because I want to destroy your marriage. Polyamory is the only way to go. <laughs> Me and my lovers <laughs> yeah I'm all my my 17 husbands they've got the hairy one they've got the bear daddy they have the overly fashionable one big old russian yeah monster. and the one who hops and says hey guys hey hey who screams a lot yeah. Yeah. we're all going to flower factory later <laughs> that's the right call of the group uh i love that they did include the nasty boys because to clark's point they're very obscure villains uh maybe like marvel thought they were going to be bigger at one point, and you know, they just weren't used very much past Peter David's X Factor. But the fact that like the animated series just embraced this camp, that's it's great. That's why this show's uh, got such a gay following. So, Mr. Sinister gets phasered by Cyclops, and his body kind of dissolves a little bit. Um, do we am I supposed to not know whether or not that's the real Sinister, or do we have that clone funness of Sinisters? I don't know if that I mean, it doesn't happen right now, we don't have to worry about it yet. Yeah, I think it's just, he's the witch. I'm melting. Oh, no, the laser's my my one true weakness. This is being I, blasted away by a psionic eye blast. Also, like, they never kind of figured out, like, they never were consistent with what Cyclops' eye blasts are supposed to be because they are, they're, they're force blasts. Yeah. They're not, like, burning. They're not heat. Like, they're not heat, yeah. They're concussive. So I have a question. Yeah. Are plasma bombs a real thing? Like blood? Could you? I don't know. That's just the phrase that Wolverine used when when morph through. When you say a real thing, what do you mean? Like I don't in real life. In real life, (laughs) oh, in real life, I don't think so. No, I don't. What is it like? And and everyone immediately knows what a plasma bomb is. I just feel like it's one of those like late '80s, early '90s things where they just add something. Here's some words. Here's some words. Here's an adjective that sound (laughs) makes it sound like more like extreme and like futuristic. Plasma at this time period was the same way we use quantum now. That yeah. we just tack it onto things. Yeah. And the plasma it. didn't even seem to blow up that much. No. Yeah. It was like maybe three feet tall and didn't do a goddamn thing. Well, yeah. Baby plasma. It, it has the same uh, you know, force and effectiveness as those little pieces of paper that are wrapped into like a, a little bomb that you like throw the on the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like little, little like snap yeah. firecrackers. Oh, no. He's got a snap firecracker. I mean, a plasma bomb. I mean, isn't that just Jubilee's powers? Though? Yeah. Okay. All right. Equally effective. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's a real thing, a plasma bomb. You know, we've got cur- concussive grenade, uh, grenades and, you know, all sorts of fun yeah. explosives that actually work and hurt people when they hit them directly. Um, but apparently in this universe, plasma does nothing. Uh, I just, uh, when you said hurt people, I just think that there's a nasty boy that isn't been created called hurt people. Cause he likes to hurt people. Uh, hurt Ramrod people, hurt isn't people. in here. Yeah. Where is Ramrod? They just didn't need an extra one whose power is a, a fucking piece of shillelagh. Yeah. Uh, I have a question in, in this universe, does Mr. Sinister know about Corsair? And obviously we don't know all the summers yet, except for Alex exists. Because the, the reason in the real, the real world, in 616, that he's so interested in the Summers line is that so many of them have mutant powers. Right. 
This one is just like Cyclops is hot. I don't know. I well, um, yes. Uh, but I assume that he knows something. I like I don't remember like his subsequent appearances, but I gotta believe there's something more sinister there. Ah, ah. world wordplay. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember if we have a flashback to yeah. him later. Uh, I do. I did love. We talked about this last week when Adam did the trivia for the 30th anniversary that Gene and Scott weren't actually married yeah. because the priest was sinister, right? Or was morph? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but like they were like. We'll get married some other time. I was like, why don't you just go get married yeah, now? Yeah, go like, to the courthouse. Go, <laughs> go to the to, fucking courthouse. Go to Vegas, bitch. Yeah. Well, you guys were talking. You were laughing about the fact of the priest was so like, just peace out. Didn't yeah. care after the incident. Yeah, and yeah. that's why. It's I do think that's a fun. Quoting uh, Robert Frost. It's a fun addition. That's why. But I was more impressed by the how big of a baby Scott is because Gene's like, all right, let's go home. And Scott goes, yeah, unmarried. Like, bitch, calm down. We can still get married. I still do it, but they decide that they, they don't. It's too Let's both. wait till next season yeah, to get yeah, married. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. wait till, like, Let's yeah, let, sweep, sweep. We got to make the Wolverine drama happen again. <laughs> That's exactly him, what it is. We him in a tuxedo, like, killing Scott again yeah, in the yeah. danger room. Uh, other right. fun line I enjoyed uh, Rogue is, uh, you know, calling out Gambit for assaulting her while asleep. And Gambit's like, oh, Sherry, I, I believe consent is key. And I'm like, good for you, Gambit, trying to stand up for yourself, even though you were trying to kiss someone who was very clearly asleep. Uh, no, I still don't blame him because she, in a different form, told him to come up to her. Yeah. I mean, he did. Yes. Uh, Morph, Morph was trying to make something happen. Yeah. So it's it's a, gray, it's a gray area. I say tap her on the shoulder or something. Make You're sure she's awake. Like, hey, no, hey, it's, it, hey. Remember I told hey. her, it's told you it's the sleeping beauty fetish that she has. Yeah. Oh, hmm. All right. Uh, anything else on uh, part two of t- uh, two? I can't wait for part three of two. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know nothing else to say. About when that. I saw the when I seen the little thumbnail for what's happening on the ep- next episode, yeah. it looks wild to me because it appears to be some vague blue ball with purple stripes. I, I don't remember whether this. I, don't know I what didn't that realize is. that I put the Vertigo post up where I have her as a puffin on Instagram, and then I re- watched this. Three hours later, and yeah. I should have waited on her because I think she shows up next ish- next episode. Huh? Okay. Could they? Because they meet at their meeting in the Savage Land, right? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well. well anyways, that's, yeah, that's. I'm excited for her. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Next right. week. That's All right, let's move on to some issues. Uh, the issues. These are our, you know weekly recap. But you know, if we do it weekly, like this podcast is every time, why do we have to say weekly? This is where we do our recap of all things X. Are you editing on the fly? Yeah. Okay. All well, right. poorly. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> everyone stops speaking say well, for bitch. 15 seconds so hey, we can cut it. Hey, uh, the, uh, the, the, all right, the issues are our weekly recap of all <laughs> things X. And this week we've got Axe Omega number one and a look back at the entire Axe Judgment Day event. Wolverine number 27, Marauders number eight, Sabretooth and the Exiles number one, and Legion of X number seven. All right, let's talk about uh, everything Axe, you know, wrapping up. Omega number one was written by Kieran Gillen and uh, G. Villanova. Gee. Gee, sorry. Uh, it's a whole new status for the Eternals, and we um, and we guess maybe the X-Men or the Avengers. I don't know. Those guys did not really get a lot of no, play in this. Shit. No. Um, so everyone now knows about the Eternals resurrection method, um, at least until they forget in a few thousand years. 
There's a new old management for the Eternals under Zuras, and uh, Ajak is a god committed to helping her followers commit heresy. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a whirlwind with Judgment Day, you know? This, it's a whirlpool, a whirlwind. you got a lot of whirls going on. This, this issue really feels a bit like an appendix. It, oh, yeah. It's completely unnecessary, and I don't know what it does. It's a total epilogue to set up a new status quo that looks a lot like what the status quo is on in the MCU. I have a very Indiana Jones vibe that like he could have done nothing and the Nazis would have killed themselves like oh oh Raiders of Lost Ark we didn't have to do anything to get back to where we were I know the Eternal it takes a lot for the Eternals to reveal this secret but um I still enjoyed it uh in this issue I think the the thing I probably liked the most that was probably the most like unsettling and creepy is the images of Yurnos like just wailing (laughs) on Druig and um uh, what's his face? Zuras basically saying, "Hey, as penance, we're gonna let the Arakans have you for an hour to do whatever you want." And he's like, "Oh, as long as I get to get out and kill people, till then I still got this toy." I'm like, "That's pretty fucked up, Kieran." Yeah, I it, enjoyed it, but that's pretty fucked it's up. It's a weird thing to offer. Uh, you know, hey, the the guy who uh, you know murdered your friends and family. You get to let him out for an hour to do some more murdering. It's very, it's very like removed from humanity, like gods that we don't understand, kind of a thing. That's what I liked about it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, why would you want them to show up again? Well, I, I do know. wonder. I wonder. I wouldn't if, want him hanging out. If but there's it's, it's, something it's, clever about using Uranus that, like. There's something else that he could do other than just murder. Like, like maybe plant a tree. Or like there's like a really hard to open jar or um, something. Make a frittata. Yeah. He's quite good at like he's quite good at like. He can reach eggs. a shelf that's really high up okay. in the kitchen. That would be great. If it was if he's doing like household chores for an hour. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, that'd be it, awesome. It's like a dark simile for me, but like what if fifteen years after World War Two we gave the Japanese an A bomb just you know what? If you just give it a go. It's like, hey, uh, we destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. If you want to take out Akron, Look, go for I it. I don't know. We kind of did it when we brought in a bunch of Nazis to work on all of our, you know, We didn't hand them programs. over to Japan, though. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, we, we brought them in to, you know. Yeah, we, 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 yeah we, we, we took <clears> it on. But it's definitely a very Chekhov's gun kind of a thing because it's like, oh, when Zirna's going to come back? Maybe an issue of X-Men Red. Yeah. So, so do you think there's any, um, you know, Anything really consequential about the storyline, or are there like any characters that you've seen that you'd like continuing going forward? I don't know that, for example, uh, Makari and Ajak are my two favorite Eternals, God, and no. I'm so excited to see what happens with them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nightcrawler got a little bit more of oh, a leadership that. role, and I like that, but. I think the one, yeah, Nightcrawler was great. I feel like I wish Cersei was the one who didn't die because she was the one I liked the most. Yeah. But I do think they did a good job with um what what we were seeing with um Ajax, right? That's the name? Did I just lose his name in my head? No. Thena? No, 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 no. no. Ajax? Yeah. Wait, who the hell's Ajax? Ajax is the new god, the new celestial. C- the celestial. Oh, she no, was, I didn't mean that at all. Good God, why is my brain dumb? Um. You know, blue and red, blonde hair, but now we shaved it. Icarus. Oh, Icarus. Icarus, yeah. God, I lost that in my head for some reason. Yeah, I like what they did with Icarus, and I, I wish also, my other one I wish they didn't do, I wish they aren't shoving the Mimitar back into the vault. Oh, yeah, that like, was a really good scene, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
I love I don't know that character popped out of nowhere and I can I when I when they let me back out can I read poetry to your children or your children's children (laughs) in four hundred years when I'm brought back (laughs) and you're a corpse yeah sure fine let me read some bad poetry to your great great grandkids who don't know what poetry is yeah she got in she really got into limericks while in prison Uh (laughs) um so the uh Fastos ends up on uh Krakoa and he has a message from the reborn world. Uh, to Krakoa, and I didn't quite understand all of that. Uh, so my understanding was the Celestials came to Earth like several million or billion years ago. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. And they're like, we need to put this eternal system in place. Okay. We'll, make, we'll make the Earth engine. And they modeled the Earth engine off of this proto version of it that they noticed that was operating specifically Krakoa. Yeah. So a million years ago when they showed up and created the internals, the eternals, their already humanity existed. The eternals um, turned them into deviants. No, excuse me. Jesus Christ. The eternals were created from humanity and the deviants as well. A million years ago, the eternals created the world mind, which was based on basically a guest. Now our first mutant, Mm -hmm. which is Krakoa. Oh, okay. I need to, I was like, thanks mom, dad, creator, whatever. Yes. Okay. And then Krakoa <laughs> made a little cry. I, I, I didn't feel it, folks. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was a little too ham-fisted. I think it was because that was the only X-Men thing in there, and they're like, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Just so you know. I di- I'm shocked that the uh, the Celestials, beings, kind of who extend beyond our universe and have seen worlds created and destroyed, came to Earth and were like. That's the perfect template for this. Let's yeah. let's use Krakoa as a model. Like you didn't have anything else that you could have used. Yeah, it was just uh, okay. I mean, I love them, but we're, yeah, we're, I don't know. It, it felt very like yeah, like it's like I like the idea. I think it just wasn't given enough breathing room. Yeah, it was kind of just tacked on at the end. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm like that's a pretty big fucking deal. Like we have this like sort of genetic code in common from like millennia, like more than millennia ago. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted more. Maybe. And they were trying to murder mutants at the beginning of the storyline, even though the entire, their entire system was based on a mutant. Yeah. So like seems, that people. seems kind of having been overlooked a little bit. Yeah. I still liked, um, since we're talking a little bit about the entire event, I still did like uh, Druig's plan to go after a quote-unquote common enemy to unite the factions when he became Eternal Prime. It's 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 a very craven thing to do. But we've seen world leaders do it. It's like, hey, look over there. They're not like us. Let's go attack and kill them. Do you think it it was a good idea that was uh, somewhat poorly executed, not on Druig's part, on Gillen's part? Because I always thought Druig was a much more crafty you know, creative guy. And then the second, I mean, maybe this is the point is that the second he's thrust into the limelight, he crumbles, but it was a little bit more disappointing that he didn't have more cleverness about how it was all. I mean, it's it's very little finger. I mean, it's clear that like, uh, Gillen's interpretation of Druig was based on little finger, uh, where you have this guy who is this master manipulator. And then he's finally in a situation with a little bit of power and he doesn't know how to deal with it and is held accountable by, you know, I guess in Game of Thrones by Sansa. Um, and here it's like a little bit of power and he fucks it up royally. I, I think that's great. I think my 
only real issue, well, maybe there's probably a few more, but is that all of our, every single other main character, Eternal, was just not into his side at all. And you're like, okay, there was literally no black and uh, gray here at all. It's just black and white of the Eternals. And these ones aren't going to destroy the uh, mutants. Yeah. But um, what, uh, I just lost my head again. Druig and nobodies are going to. Oh, yeah. So you wanted to maybe see some of the more main characters be villainous as well? Or you wanted to or see that they have gone on a little bit with it, or at least in order to make Druig, no, as you were saying, is, was a little too immediately like arch. I see. So what you that mean. none of them could even mildly support it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, having someone who could ultimately waffle and betray Druig might have made it more interesting. Um, <clears throat> I think that for me, one of the things that I think is a bad legacy going forward is going to be the rehabilitation of Eros um, so that he is not like... It does seem like they're trying to recreate his character to being a more positive and still sexual being. Yeah, I mean, clearly the the visual sort of genderqueer, um, you know, non-binary look is an attempt to get there, and I appreciate mm. that. But it's I, still, I, a, it's it's uh, like changing his his personality to make him palatable. To your point, mm. is a weird choice. I mean, I, I I appreciate it, but I see it for what it is way too much. That as I said, or maybe a podcast ago, who knows? Um, that they're clearly. Making it making him more mon, more non-binary because it's easier to do so with a non-binary character or a female character than if for a male. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is I don't know. I mean, a strange yeah. state of being for a character. I think that as far as the story goes in its entirety, the thing that I'm actually hopeful for the addition of the para, the order for Eternals is, you know, you have 24 hours to be judged. I hope that the reflections that all the various characters had don't go away, or at least that some of them still linger with someone so that, you know, in issues in the future, they can still reflect back on what that, what this day meant for them. Uh, I, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope they do that as well. I liked the sort of the parallel of what they were trying to do with their, versions of the three laws mm-hmm. you know it's like you know protect celestials it's like well sometimes we got to protect them from themselves you know check excess deviation but that means that we try to control um or we protect you know the weak from the these predators that's what we really have to do it's this you're editing you know this this dogma yeah whereas what nightcrawler has been doing that as well with the three laws of krakoa like by adding the spark and so like nightcrawler having such a prominent role to y'all's point i think is is a really nice touch i think it's a it's a nice through line throughout the the whole event do we know if Killen, gillen's doing another series of this or anyone is eternals i have not heard anything yet i don't I've, know I mean, I would happy with what what with this this hap- all this going on moving forward, but I don't want to read it. I I think we need a little break. Eternals do better in sort of chunks of miniseries mm-hmm. versus like I don't think they can like sustain their own like like their own ongoing series. No, I like having a complete storyline for them and then just shelving them. Throw away till that new movie comes yeah, out wait four and a half wait, years from now. Yeah, yeah. wait till another movie's coming out and then bring them back. Uh, this, change everything because they're not like the movie version. This does remind me, and spoilers for our interview with Josh Trujillo. Uh, we asked him, like, does he prefer doing creator own work or like doing company work? And he's like, I like both for different reasons. 
and he's like with with uh company work um like for the big two specifically it's like i feel like i'm a custodian of these characters and you know i get them for a little while and then i want to return them back to the shelf better than when i found them mm-hmm. yeah. and i really like that and i think gillen did that with eternals so yeah as opposed to the Guggenheim method where he rips off the arms and then throws them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rosenberg, that's like, I'm going to kill all of them and just peace out. Yeah, yeah bye. I'm uh, going to DC now. Let's talk about Wolverine number 27 uh, by Benjamin Percy and Juan Jose Reap. All right, so where we last left Wolverine, he was being au- auctioned off piece by piece. Um, and Beast with an eye patch decided to buy the whole package. Well... Beast has gone full fascist by killing Wolverine, taking control of his body, and used him as a Weapon X assassin, and then reorganizing X-Force by making it a publicly known entity with a skull lair. (laughs) I mean, that escalated very quickly. That is the Ron Burgundy meme. Uh, I forgot uh, this was a Wolverine issue. Oh, yeah. I thought we were reading X-Force. But it was a pretty good issue. Yeah, I I like how terrible Beast has become. It's just, it is so, I mean, we talk about it every time. We were talking about X-Force or, or Wolverine, but my God, my God. It's just like, uh, he's a straight up villain now. Like they they have to do an event where he's the bad guy. Yeah. Well, didn't you have a theory that this is actually not. It's Dark Beast. Yeah, this is Dark Beast. That's been my theory for the longest time. And I mean, that would be like a reveal. Of like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But it'd be such a cop out now though. It would be. It's just like, part of me is like. I just kind of want them to, you know, make the make the investment like that. Yeah, this is just how shitty Hank McCoy's become. You know, sometimes people become better people. Sometimes people become worse. And X Men is known for, uh, and we'll talk about this in a second, uh, with with Saber Youth and the Exiles of taking you know uh, antagonists and then turning them into quasi protagonists yeah. or anti heroes and then eventually heroes. Magneto is a great example of that. Why not take a hero and actually make them into a villain? I, I like the idea. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go I like it. the idea of having someone like Beast in that position because then they kind of act as an interesting contrast to someone like Moira who wants to build Krakoa because she wants to destroy all mutants. Whereas, you know, Beast is like fully invested in Krakoa, fully invested in mutants and has the absolute worst ideas about how to progress that and will destroy the institution just all the same. Um, I also like the sort of the comparison and contrast to Agent Brand, you know, like their former lover. This, yeah. Yeah. And we we were talking about like Agent Brand's plan and X-Men Red last week, which was, you know, really clever, I thought. Yeah. Like, like I want to see how the two intersect. Yeah. I like the fact that she's like, I just need to keep Beast on hand so I can use it if need to. It's like, they should just join forces and be monsters together. It'd be funny if they both they're think pieces they're... pieces of shit. They are, and it'd be funny if they both think they're using one another and they both <laughs> like just get fucked over somehow. One thing that is very interesting to me about the way that X-Force and Wolverine have been set up is that Beast exists right now, I think, as a Harvey Weinstein-type character. That there are there are powerful male who has been allowed to kind of oh. run rampant, mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of women who either work with him or under him who are currently suffering, or they're seeing the excesses of this power, and there's not really a system in place to check no. something like that. We got yeah. one woman who's a straight up alcoholic now. Yeah, the sage is just like lost it. Yeah, everyone is just concerned about her, like. 
she is real housewife level drunk and everyone is worried. Yeah, she's Beth in that one episode of Rick and Morty, yeah, so getting the wine. She's shaking and pouring the wine throughout the glass. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so at some point, did you guys expect Beast to say Hail Hydra or something? I, I mean, it's pr- like it's like Hydra's behind him. Like Hydra's like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like we can't let him in our ranks. <laughs> so do you think you're the good guy, Beast, because you've got a skull layer? It's just it's it's a little on the nose, but I'm kind of enjoying it. The thing I'm I guess I'm most concerned about is that there's not really I don't know, I don't feel like there's a lot of direction for it to go. It seems like X Force could easily stop him, but I, I, I think it's like maybe after Sins of Sinister there is some kind of reckoning and some kind of event. Maybe that's part of Fall of X. You know, um we haven't gotten a lot of information about Fall of X, but yeah. it could be the speculation of like, you know, the rest of Krakoa take on both Charles Xavier and Beast, or they just take on Beast, or they just take on Charles Xavier, Beast is on the sidelines. Who the hell knows? I mean, the all the original X-Men are going through a lot right now. Cyclops, Gene. Uh, we're we're going to see in a minute, Archangel is basically just some fucked up bird. Oh, yeah. And everyone else is on the actual X- X-Men team not paying attention to what's happening in Krakoa. Yeah, you're right, because it's Iceman, Gene, and Scott. I do like the the general atmosphere of it, that everything feels very spread thin. That now after Judgment Day and, you know, you've got the Children of the Atom and all these other issues that are going on, it doesn't feel like a very cohesive, you know, bonded society like Krakoa is supposed to be. Yeah, they keep getting attacked. That's why they keep going doing crossovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Marauders number eight uh, by Steve Orlando and Eleonora Carlini. So it looks like the Marauders are for all the time, always, as they join mutants from the <laughs> first mutant civilization to save their society called Threshold from the bacterial villains Archaea and Sublime. Why do time travelers always try and show up just before the danger is about to occur? Is it to be interesting? Um, <laughs> because... If you were to send a time traveler back in time to warn us about global warming, you would need to send them 30 or 40 years before we knew about global warming because we still haven't gotten it. Like you would need to send someone so much further as a warning of danger and being like, well, two weeks is enough time is just bullshit because there would be some part of threshold societies like we don't believe you. So assuming this is not a rhetorical question, you're actually asking. Yes. Yeah. So there's the in-universe reason and the out-universe reason. Which sure. one do you want? Uh, give me the out-universe reason because I know it's more disappointing. Uh, the out-universe mm-hmm. reason is we only have a it's a two-hour movie and baby, we gotta get to the point. Yeah. Okay. So that's like that's John Connor and Terminator, and then you know fucking well, Terminator Two. Well, and- the Terminator one makes more sense because that's when the bad guys sent their their mm-hmm. killers. Yeah. And you've got to stop that immediately. Well, actually, it doesn't make sense. Now the timeline, timey wimey stuff. It's, it doesn't matter when we leave. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> we kind of quasi cleaned up our air a little bit in the '70s, and then '80s, and then you know with wasn't layer and blah 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 blah, and then just fucking straight up turned around. And we're like, never mind. Yeah, that's fixed. Nothing matters anymore. Thanks. So like maybe in the '60s, someone sent somebody back, and they fixed mm-hmm. it for a little bit. So maybe going back enough, you think you were doing the right job, and you're not actually doing the what right job. What if the time traveler is Richard Nixon? And he came back and he created the EPA. Ah. And then he's, but he's so corrupt 
because he wants to hold on to power to save the world. Oh, Nixon. And then he gets nearly impeached and is forced to resign. Oh, my God, Nixon. Oh, you time-traveling genius. That is a god, <laughs> he tricky just, dick, he Nixon. Just, he loved the environment and power so much. Yeah, he's actually been, like, Richard Nixon just got born today. Yeah. And then, like, as an adult, he goes back in the past, becomes a war hero, becomes a senator, becomes Ike's uh, running mate, loses the 1960 election really on purpose. On purpose, mind you, and then comes back and yeah, wins again. Somewhere, somewhere today is a baby being born named Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah. With Milhouse? With, is that his middle with name? Chubby cheeks that are never going to go away. Yeah, mm, a little fucking little, little acorns. <laughs> He's a little droopy looking. Yes. So, the in universe reason is uh, I think time travelers don't want to fuck up the timeline too much. So, they have to show up right before things can happen. But they don't want to fuck up things too much by completely changing the outcome. But just, the <laughs> but just that. It would have changed all of that, but not the one three weeks before. Yeah. Come on, you've seen the uh, the Trias horror where uh, Homer's got the time traveling toaster. Yes, and the advice that his uh, father gave him on his wedding day: if you ever go back in the past, don't change anything. It is Millhouse. You're right. Yeah. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Everything's coming. Yeah, I can't go to prison, Monty. I've got to save these trees. All right. And it, well, what do we think about the issue? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's stuff that happened in the issue. <laughs> I, li- I liked Amass, uh, Amass's power, combining all the people in a uh, crystal yeah. gem fusion. Yeah. Uh, less yeah, universe. that was very cool. I like the imagery of like the different eyes or top of their faces together and those yeah. shards. Dokken is fully going by Fang now. Yep. And he has been infected by whatever this bacterial infection it thing is. Antibiotics would help, but... They don't have any antibiotics threshold. That's cr- uh, I guess it's way back in the past. Yeah. They are so. having oxygen issues. Yeah. Uh, it's clear that Steve really loved writing Cassandra. Yeah. She's got the best lines. I think Cassandra, and, and I think it's interesting to have that, her conversation with the mass. Yeah. That she will work one-on-one to, mm-hmm. to pry people and turn them against each other. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's good. No, you're fine. Keep going. No, uh, uh, it's uh, that was a burp that was uh, it was it was a talking, and then uh, as you were asking, it turned into a burp and a pregnant and a pregnant pause. I didn't have time to stop it. Okay. Uh, again, um, I'm enjoying a lot of the concepts of this book, and sometimes the execution doesn't always quite work for me. I think this is one of those issues that I was like, huh, okay. I think I need to reread it and maybe read it all at I, once I when the storyline comes out. To me, I don't think it's execution. I think it's just way too much storyline for the amount of issues and page numbers we have which is the same thing i'm going to talk up say with um legion of x legion of x way too much shit going on for the amount of pages we got going it is on. And dense it needs, it needs breathing room we've got like a page and a half for all these uh, three new characters to just like quick jibber jabber 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 you like to eat <laughs> you're you're queer and there's something about the yeah. beach i don't know oh yeah that was a cute moment with tempo i like that it was a very yeah. quick moment. Yeah, these, I was like, these people are busy right immediately. Oh, yeah, well, well, the time travelers. Look, I mean, I, the thing I do like about these stories is that they, I get thinking about some of the fun aspects of sci-fi. Like, why would Crave enjoy the taste of bullets and guns in particular? Mm-hmm. It's like maybe we have different refining processes that are somehow better or purer, or they make a more satisfying bullet to eat, you know? <laughs> what is it, What are vows are like? Uh, powdery. Bowels <laughs> <laughs> are powdery. It's just like one giant circle underneath his throat. Oh, but it's yeah. a bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm wrong. Sublime and Archaea are in um, New Mutants right now, also, right? Uh, yes, Sublime is. 
because the, they okay. introduced the U-Men uh, yeah. in Charlie's I mean, when run. When he comes, she comes at some point. Obviously, yeah. based on what we're reading right now, I don't know they're they're going to combine I, these two in a way. I was asking that when we read that issue in New Mutants, if there was this a synergy happening or mm-hmm. if it's just a coincidence. I would hope that there's a synergy. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten. All right, well, let's talk about Sabretooth and the Exiles, number one. Uh, this was written by Victor Lavale, Laval and uh, 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 drawn by Leonard Kirk. Orcus scientist Dr. Barrington needs a new liver and finds it in the superhealing body of Sabretooth. The Exiles team tracks Sabretooth, uh, and they find an island of Orcus's experiment corpses, and one of their own orphan maker is captured in the process. We're also given the reminder that Orphan Maker's uh, body is being contained by that suit because otherwise he will destroy the entire planet. I like that con- concept. Um, I just want to say, one, I really did enjoy this issue, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we need more uh, diversity when writing the X-Books and all superhero comics because what Victor is doing by bringing in the perspective of a black man and the generational trauma that he and his family faced that letter that uh, Dr. Barrington wrote about yes. what um, you know this doctor did uh, back in the day would it's vivisect gynecologist uh, you know, gynecology would vivisect um, slaves and wouldn't mm-hmm. use anesthesia uh, anesthesia excuse me yeah and then would end up doing with white rich women and it's like well I wouldn't do that but like why don't we get mutants you know they don't feel any pain or they get resurrected so like we can experiment on that that is so horrifying and yet so smart. Mm-hmm. That it was such it like it completely uh, drew me into this book, and, and I mean there were other parts of it that I really really enjoyed, but that really stuck out for me. Yeah, I, I think it's a B- Doctor Barrington has quickly moved up the ranks of interesting and truly evil villains. Yeah, um, that letter I thought was a very excellent use of our mid-page infographic, whatever we want to call those things. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think that. It was very illustrative because if you know anything about the history of the treatment of slaves, treatment of black people, even to this day, the belief that black people feel less pain or don't feel pain at all, and that there are so many doctors who justified truly horrific procedures, I actually thought they were going to go in the direction of the use of Nazis and how without Nazis performing experiments on Jews, we wouldn't have things like open heart surgery but i think this is an excellent different perspective um because yeah you can have these people who are crazily blind to and, and the nazis used a lot of things that the the american south did yes. to like justify mm-hmm. their their horrific treatment of jewish people and other minorities the, the, in europe the blatancy of oh but they were obviously her saying oh they were obviously wrong at the time because of racism but I'm not wrong now because these mutants are just different from us yeah. and they don't believe in, in the same things we do. Yeah. I think it's very stark and powerful. Yeah. My favorite scene was between Necra and Oya because she doesn't look like it because her skin is bleached, but uh, Necra is an African-American woman. That's right. And just the conversation they had did feel yes. like they were dealing with the same kind of familial trauma. And, I mean, obviously, we knew Oya did, but the fact that no one really knows Necra, we don't really count on that and the fact that literally she looks like a an albino woman and on top of all of this like you know very horrific things that we're talking about this is a very funny book 
Yeah. It is very, I mean, like the nanny orphan maker stuff is hilarious. Yes. It is very evocative of what <laughs> Zeb Wells did on Hellions. So I love it. Like Victor's got, uh, you know, the voices down pat. Um, when did you watch these movies? <laughs> when you were sleeping. When I'm sleeping, you should be sleeping. <laughs> okay. That was very weird. I really like um, the fact that Box is actually kind of box again yeah like he is kind of the ship partially yeah 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 yeah. because yeah, we haven't seen him do anything like that in ages he's just been sort of matters and jeffrey yeah, just kind yeah. of hanging around talking robots and stuff now yeah. he's back to kind of quasi being a robot sometimes i really like the scene too early on when uh third eye's talking to toad and he's like i can help you i'm, I'm not it's not like i'm magneto like i'm a pretty good guy and yeah. toad just like you know. yeah <laughs> I mean, that's what I imagine Toad sounds like. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, he just croaks usually. So, Doctor Barrington's, uh, you know, monster—that is, is not some character we've seen before. Is this just like a, a creation of her own? I think it's a. It's uh, yeah. I don't think we've seen Doctor Barrington before, but it's like yeah, you we know. have. We've seen her before. We haven't seen the creation before. Doctor Barrington was yeah. from. It, it, the editor's note was from it's like the fourth issue uh crate of the fourth oh issue yeah, yeah of children of the atom so, yeah, 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 yeah. oh god that's but right that, but that creature yeah no, the creature is brand I don't new think so. uh, the creature reminded me a lot of um did you ever watch superman 4 the the quest for peace no um no. nuclear man oh yeah you look like nuclear man is it not a she yeah, I thought okay. it was, I, but like, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what the. Gender I thought is. it was a she, and I'm like, crush my windpipe, mama. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, she or they look a lot like Nuclear Man from Superman Four: Quest for Peace. Um, <clears throat> excellent addition as well. The this Orcus gar- waste dump of mutant bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's disturbing, uh, and it seems exactly like something that would be in line with Orcus. Um, yeah, they're a bunch of fucking Nazis. They're terrible. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, the last book, Legion of X, number seven. Uh, it was written by Cy Spurrier and then penciled by Netho Diaz and inked by Sean Parsons. So Nightcrawler is getting hornier each issue. Oh, horny. Dr. Nemesis and Mr. Sinister have a Lucille, Lucille 2 catfight. Uh, <laughs> Warlock uh, shares Phalanx knowledge in the astral plane. And whatever's happening to Nightcrawler is happening to other mutants, as the Black Knight can attest. Um, first question, um, were you guys at all shocked that, um, when Warlock took off his glasses and let down his hair, he was actually really beautiful in the astral plane all along. Just and a we hot can see, gold man. Yeah. You can see why Doug was with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. He sees his inner beauty. <laughs> he literally yeah. says that his, it's like not life partner, but like soul bond partner. Yeah. So it's, it's there. I, I said months ago, years ago, whatever, that basically they're in a thruple. Millions of years ago. It's a quadruple now with Krakoa. Yeah. It's because it's Bay. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it's a little poly. It's a little, you know, poly pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this issue. There's a lot of great stuff. But to Clark's earlier point, it's dense AF. It's like it's not giving me. I want this to be like the, the concepts introduced here. I want this to be like two to three or maybe even four mm-hmm. issues. Let it breathe a little bit. And I don't know if it's. Spurrier, like, trying to, like, wrap up as much stuff before Sins of Sinister start because uh, Legion of X is one of the books that is going to that alternate, you know, the Sinister timeline or whatever. Um, and so that seems a little unfortunate because it's like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, but I'm getting whiplash because I'm not getting time to process a lot of cool shit that's there. Yeah. 
Card, did you have something to say? Yeah, we're just we've been getting solicited stuff, and they're not solicit, soliciting anything about all this warlock stuff that's showing up, right? I don't remember reading it, so it's just like here's more than half the book about this thing. You don't know what's going on or anything right. that's just taking over the entire story we thought was existing, which is going to be followed up on in the the uh, sins of the sinister storyline. Right. Yeah. Um, I think keeping Mother Righteous closer even though she's not really doing anything in this issue <laughs> keeping her around yeah. is good because uh i think it's finally fucking time for us to actually see her do some shit yeah you still have just banshee just showing up as what is his name vox machina something. yeah exactly yeah i like that name though vox machina i don't think that's the actual name i think it's a shorter version for the second one right uh, it's spirit of vengeance banshee uh, uh, yeah, yeah whatever it is spir- but it's spirit of not vengeance it's spirit of something or spirit of variance the spirit of variance is okay. what they call yeah, it sure yeah, sure. Uh, I'm gonna look that up. I think it's the spirit of Millhouse. Uh, I could be wrong. So <laughs> many Millhouses yes. this episode. Um, okay, so I feel like I've also been waiting for this for a while, and I'm really glad it was satisfying. The uh, Doctor Nemesis, Mister Sinister mm. cat fight was very satisfying. Yeah. Every single line was one bitchy thing back to the other, and the fact that it's dynasty. It's like uh, it's when the two of them like fall into the Alexis water. Alexis and, and uh, Crystal who fucking sucked. Yeah. 100% Alexis. Uh, yeah. Uh, although I think Mr. Sinister would pronounce it dynasty and then shoot you in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like the little tidbit of do, do I hear a cat in like the big um, void because he uh, he made that Cyclops cat. Oh, yeah. Wow, so he basically right. just must have shoved it in this hell void right afterwards. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's a deep cut. So uh, what's affecting uh, Nightcrawler and why the fuck is Black Knight here at all? Uh, well, because bro- he likes to write them. Yeah. He, uh, Cy Spurrier, remember, wrote the miniseries yeah. with Black Knight. That's the reason why. Oh. And, and also the yeah. Black Knight's daughter, uh, Jax, is a mutant. Yeah. So, you know, that tracks for her. Uh, and I li- I don't know. I at first I was like. I actually did a double take. I was like, Nightcrawler's always had horns, right? Like, have I missed that? Did I know, not notice that like before? A, uh, no, Mandela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandela I don't know about Mandela like, effect for Nightcrawler. Did Nightcrawler have horns? And he's like, nope, I'm not horny. No, he just it's had not. some curly hair all the time. That's true. It just covered up the horns, and then maybe oh. they're just, like, growing. It's like Hellboy. Do you think it's only making, you know, people blue? Because Angel becomes this weird dark raven that's, like, that's based on his archangel oh, color, color scheme, arc, though. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but also I I like that visual a lot. I thought it yeah. looked cool as fuck. It just gives Beast an enormous erection. <laughs> no, Beast didn't chop his head off and and burn his skull. Yeah, I'm just very curious where this goddamn book is going. It's just it seems like Spurrier wants to um, explore certain concepts, and he's just sort of using various aspects of Krakoa to tell that and Araco, of course. And uh, what's the name of the, um, what's the name of the astral plane? Oh, the, the, uh, the annex, the, the, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Oh, I can't remember it either. No. Um, but uh, whereas, you know, someone like Victor Laval who did Sabretooth um, really is, wants to tell like an interesting story, but is effectively using these characters. Not to say that Spurrier is a bad writer. He's not. He's very talented. It's just, it's just, it's clear when you can tell a writer is using, you know, the world that they are involved in and the characters in in a very entertaining way. All right. So last question. Um, we saw uh, something sneak back from the astral plane with Warlock mm-hmm. uh, in the shape of, I want to say, the Juggernaut. But what do you think was that thing that snuck back in with Warlock? 
Uh, so I was like, it was something that Mother Righteous saw that no one else did. That looks like Juggernaut to me. Yeah, I thought they talked about Juggernaut earlier. The issue. So yeah. was he just hanging out in the astral plane? Can he get into it? The astral he's plane. Not a mutant. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I, that definitely looks like Doesn't Juggernaut. Doesn't seem to me. like an exciting reveal, though. Yeah, and like he's been, he's ostensibly a main character of this book or a supporting character. So uh-huh. Yeah. What's that sound? Oh, What's that sound? You know what that sound is? Yeah. I just yank beads out of my asshole. Mm. Is that your plug? Oh, we've got a segment. Okay. Um, it's Plug Me Daddy. Uh, as always, we wrap up with a little something we call Plug Me Daddy, where we just, you know, briefly mention and suggest something we've seen, something we've heard, Felt, something we thought. If I we if I ever do this I'm spiel, I want to go really low <laughs> yeah. instead instead of like what was it? I just lost it in my head. Quickly, yeah, quickly, quickly. quickly. Yeah. All right, what do you guys got as plugs? What do you got, Clark? I'm gonna say. Um, so my favorite playwright for years has been Martin McDonough, who's writing some fucking crazy ones about exploding cats and all sorts of fucked up stuff. But anyways, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, he's a new movie that came out. He's He's done like four movies, including one of my favorites in Bruges. Yeah. And once again, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell back together in Banshees of Inishirin, which was originally a play he never actually wrote in the 90s. And it's the movie's fantastic. Colin Farrell and his eyebrows are fucking on point. There's a wonderful little mini donkey in it. Um, basically, it's about an island in... You don't really know when the fuck it is because Ireland still kind of looks like it's in the 1920s, but it takes place in the 1920s in the middle of the... Um, Civil War mm-hmm. and it takes place on this island that's basically totally not connected to it and I've been multiple times I love this island but anyways called Inishir. Um it's about a fa- uh, two best friends one is just like I don't want to be friends with you anymore won't explain and, and basically is just adamant about it and it's this dual fight between the two and not a fight but you know it yeah. is. it's hard to explain fantastic movie it looks really good it's yeah I, I saw uh, I was watching the news last night for the first time in forever mm-hmm. and I saw like every commercial break was a trailer for it and I was like I bet you Clark wants to see this movie. I should talk to Clark about it. I watched it Open Weekend. It's so good. I've been excited for it for over a year. Okay. I'm excited to watch it. I'm going to give a half plug for Don't Worry, Darling. Not because I thought it was... Just the Don't Worry, the Darling. It wasn't groundbreaking as a movie, but I think it really got review bombed by a bunch of bros who are like, it's talking about sexism. Part Uh, of the problem was that um, she turned out to be a real piece of shit when she cheated on Who's It's with... um, Eros. You're talking about Olivia Wood? Yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and then Florence <laughs> Pugh won't speak to her, and yeah. it was a whole shit show, and everyone's mad at each other on the show, so there was no chance it could really get good reviews because everyone was fighting the entire time. That's right. Like, all the uh, behind-the-scenes, like, sort of, like, People Magazine-esque insider yeah. stuff was much more interesting to people than the plot. And that's what I'm upset about, is that it's not more chaotic as a movie or worse because then it could be fun to consume. Yeah. My real plug is that Thanksgiving's coming up, People are going to be cooking. Um, I wanted to give one quick food tip, which is if you're making biscuits, Mm -hmm. if you roll out your biscuit dough and then cut it in half and place one half on top of the other, roll that out and do that one more time and let it sit for 30 minutes. When you bake your biscuits, you're going to get these like super light, flaky, Almost croissant-like biscuits. And so I these are like recommend. laminations. Is that what it they're is, called? Is you a put a little bit of butter between each one that's you chilled. Don't, you don't have to put oh, any that's butter. That's what in the between. British do, I guess. Yeah, well, but their biscuits are not really biscuits, and we have different biscuits. Those are cookies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know how much that confused me when I moved to the United States from India. Yeah. No, I don't. 
It did. I was like, wait. Oh, I, I love <laughs> a, I love a biscuit, and then it give me this like buttermilk thing. I was like, no, I want a goddamn cookie. Yeah. What are, What do you all call it here? I like a Popeyes biscuit. Everyone loves a Popeyes, Popeyes biscuit. Buttery as fuck. The thing that's great about uh, the that kind of laminating is that it's super easy, low stress. It is not like trying to fold in a layer of actual butter yeah. at all. You can just stack them on top of each other, roll it out, and then wait a minute. Do you do you have it with gravy, or do you just eat it alone? Oh, I think gravy is crazy because it is so fucking salty. Every gravy I've had mm. is like it. It you just. It is so salty. Do you turn into a horse? What's well, happening? It's here, like yeah, yeah, you can. It's like you're a deer, and you found a salt lick, and you're just licking it. I use it minorly. Yeah. And I don't use it on my chicken because it totally transformed the chicken into being too too salty. Oh, I but just imagine this chicken mutating into I have a salt monster. I have had <laughs> good gravies though with biscuits. Good gravy. Well, yeah. great biscuits and gravy, definitely. That's totally different. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was asking. Because that's fantastic gravy. Well, I was asking. That's, that's what, what the gravy. Asking. That's the gravy. Oh, I, I thought you were about. talking about like gravy, meaning like. Like, like, I don't know. Like poutine chicken, type gravy. Chicken gravy kind of stuff. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, well, I meant I was, my biscuits. I was talking about the sausage and gravy. You know, oh. The, you know, gra- gravy. I've never had it salty. Biscuits and gravy, yeah. Oh, really? Well, Have I you had know. it umami? This is what people came for. I, I just know. wanted to plug. At, like greasy spoon I just places, wanted to so plug no. putting your biscuits on top of each other. Do it. This is the other is half, what, or it, this is one and a half. Is that what you call your fuckboys? Just your do biscuits? it. Shut up and plug something. I'm going to plug. Wait for it democracy uh we had an election this week uh we were all really scared about it uh while things could have obviously gotten better in some places hello florida um you know it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be it restored my faith in humanity and uh democracy with a lowercase d and the fact that um you know people who do some really bad shit and were spouting some really awful shit were held accountable by the voters so made me feel dr oz you're dead to me (laughs) You're not even a real doctor. Yeah, Show me your PhD. Thank God Oprah decided fuck four days before it happened to yeah. fucking speak. Yeah, why didn't she like why did she wait so long? He's I think it makes it made shit. sense because yeah. it it grabs a lot of headlines and she knows that I mean yeah. endorsements have very minimal effect, so doing it super late, I think. endorsement. We also now not only have one openly lesbian governor, but two openly lesbian governors that will start serving in January. That's crazy. In Oregon and Massachusetts. So, uh, Are those the first queer governors we've ever had? No. We have Jared Polis, who's openly gay in uh, Colorado. Gotcha. And then, uh, uh, God, the former governor... The former governor of Oregon was bisexual. Or is bisexual, but was a former governor. Gotcha. He was bisexual, now he's straight. Bitch set him up. Mm -hmm. And by bitch, I mean tango. Adam's dog. All right. That's been our episode. You can rate review us uh, wherever that's actually even possible. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. You should check out our interview with Josh Trujillo, which is coming out on Monday. It's going to be great. You can listen to it in the morning. You can listen to it in the evening. You can listen to it at supper time. No, I have that going. When Josh I have Trujillo with biscuits and gravy. is with biscuits and gravy. All right. That's been our episode. We have an Homo Superior. You're home for biscuits, democracy, and Ireland. Bye, little homo. Bye.